King Hero's Journey podcast. I have a special second time guest here, Mr. Etienne de la Boite Square. Welcome, Etienne. It's so great to have you here. For those of you that are just tuning in, if you're new to this podcast and you haven't heard it before, this is a platform for highlighting strong men with a strong voice and a mission. Very often, they are the ones with the unpopular voice that people can't hear or don't want to hear for one reason or another. This world needs those strong men more than ever. I'm on a mission to support them through my coaching work. And uh, Etienne, definitely you are here to be an example to others and pave the way and show them a path to freedom. Thank you for joining me here. And thank you again for having me. And the last time we spoke, I was trying to get out of Guatemala where I had been caught on the other side of the border after this pandemic hit and I was able to make it out. And today I'm coming to you from the epicenter of the COVID-19 crisis in California, the Silicon Valley. And wow. today I wanna to talk about COVID as both a pandemic and also a bank heist where the, the Matador's cape is COVID and the Fed and the Treasury handing trillions of dollars to BlackRock Capital to distribute in uh, bailouts and stimulus is the bank robbery. And everybody is focused on the Matador's cape, and I want to get the focus back on the Matador. Mm -hmm. Excellent. That's great. So given that my audience is a little bit newer to all of this, and I'm breaking them in easy to the truth of what's going on in the world. Do you want to just give a little bit of a background of what you've already been up to for some years and how it's led up to this moment of being in the heart of that, uh, that uh, COVID epicenter right now? Sure. So, uh, so I'm an author. Uh, my book is called Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, uh, where I'm exposing how intergenerational organized crime uses government not as something that was ever designed to protect life, liberty, and property, but government was always a technique designed to rob and enslave society. And I come at the problem from a pure voluntarist standpoint, and voluntarism is um, the idea that all relationships should be voluntary, that nobody has the ability to use violence or force on anybody else, even government. There are no exceptions for morality. If I don't have the ability to rob you and make up rules for you and redistribute your wealth, then I cannot delegate a right that I do not have myself to a, uh, to a representative to represent me doing something that I don't have the right to do myself or to a government. And so everything that government does is illegitimate. And that is kind of the thesis of my work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, excellent. I highly recommend Etienne's book, by the way, so that, uh, if you haven't come across it, you can check the, the link notes below to, to get yourself a copy. So tell us what you see is happening. Now, it's been some weeks and months since I interviewed the, the first time. What has changed, and not months, but more weeks, actually. It's all gone so fast. It, it, it should be months for everything that's happened. What do you see as any new developments coming down the line? How does it look different to you now than it did when we first talked? So I think the thing, the major thing that is that's that's different is now people are now realizing what a scam this is. 
so there is no pandemic. So my, you know, when, I, when we got started on the conversation, I, you know, kind of jokingly said I'm in the epicenter of the COVID-19, uh, you know, pandemic in California, which according to the Los Angeles Times uh, is Santa Clara, Silicon Valley. And so Sunday night, myself and David Rodriguez and another friend of ours uh, named Nancy went down to the Santa Clara Valley Medical Center, which is a 730 plus bed hospital right in the middle of Silicon Valley. And so if you really believe the hype that the organized crime government and media are telling you, this should have been teeming, absolutely just teeming with COVID cases. Uh, there should have been people, you know, getting tested. There should have been ambulances coming, you know, in and out of the hospital. And what we found was we found a big ball of nothing. There were medical tents that had been set up for testing. Uh, I went through the process, you know, went to, you know, to, to kind of go get tested and began talking to the employees that were doing the testing. And what they told me is flat out, there is no pandemic. Um, I asked uh, one of the one of the folks, is there, are you seeing anything greater than the usual uh, uh, number of seasonal uh, influenzas, respiratory illnesses, um, uh, 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 pneumonias, and he's like, no, we're not. And um, this was on Easter Sunday, and so the day before was Saturday, which probably should have been the busiest time of the week, because if you assume that some people, not everybody can, you know, get, get off to go, you know, work on testing, and they had tested, according to the person I spoke to, a grand total of 10 people the previous day, and so there is no, like, there is no, you know, pandemic. We, we just spoke to another paramedic, and he said flat out he thought the thing was a giant hoax. And so if they're unable and, and, you know, right now there's a hashtag campaign, film your hospital and people are going to, you know, their hospitals. I personally checked with friends of mine that are emergency room doctors. I've talked to other friends of mine uh, and relatives that are paramedics in Houston, uh, uh, Northern Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., Santa Fe, New Mexico, San Jose, you know, a variety of other you know, markets and absolutely no one is reporting firsthand anything resembling pandemic conditions. I'm not saying that there's not people that are sick. I'm not saying that the government didn't engineer some nasty flu and kind of spread it around and do like little tricks like locating the, the world military games in Wuhan so that they could spread whatever you know flu you know among the athletes that then go back to probably 100 plus countries and infect their own you know uh, you know, little populations to kind of get a flu going, but there, um, there is definitely not a pandemic. It's not as communicable as the news is making it out to be. It's not as quote unquote deadly as the news is making it out to be. And if you take a look at Italy, the average age in, of somebody dying of COVID in Italy is 70 years old and they have two underlying, uh, you know, conditions. And um, I saw one of, my, one of my own relatives post the other day that our uh, 91, in, 91 year old um, aunt had died of COVID-19. And I almost you know, had to laugh because I really strongly suggest she probably died of being 91 years old. And what I believe that the organized crime government and their monopoly AMA hospitals that now have a financial incentive, there's a hundred billion dollar fund to pump these hospitals, and I don't know the, the specific details on how these payouts are going to be done, 
but it appears organized crime government is putting into place a, uh, a system that is going to encourage hospitals to classify uh, their patients as COVID. And that is, and they're performing these tests, which are notoriously uh, have false positives, up to 80% false positives in some of the reports that I've seen. And so uh, it appears what's going on is, yes, they probably spread some really nasty little, you know, flu bug. Wasn't that, you know, wasn't that uh, contagious? Wasn't that deadly? And then they're using tests to find a biomarker or a virus for, uh, for COVID-19, which they then say is the cause of the underlying issue, even if the real cause of the underlying issue is regular seasonal influenza, getting a pneumonia, COPD. Just a, just a quick similar story, just to confirm that our, our local community here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, it's a sleepy town. And we were, you know, one of the last to even begin getting cases of, of COVID. But uh, according to, you know, they're all, you know, and people are going to send me hate mail for this, I know, but they're glorifying all of the healthcare workers right now. They're literally deifying them. And uh, so I run into it everywhere I go now. I talk to everybody. I stop them on the street. I stop them in the grocery store. I, I wave at them from across the street just to make any connection and talk to them. So I, I met this couple. One of them is a doctor intern in, in the hospital. And I said, so what's going on inside there? What do you notice? And she said, the only thing that's running rampant in that hospital is anxiety. Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing is total inconsistencies between departments that there's, you know, protocols are different from department to department. They're all confused and scrambling, mm -hmm. but no patients, no sick people. Yep. And so that's what we saw at Santa Clara, the absolute epicenter of the COVID crisis, according to the Los Angeles Times, is nobody getting tested and the hospital employees, as I said, voicing that it's a hoax. So what really happened? Why is this being engineering? I think, and this, I think very clearly this is a bank robbery. And the bank robbery is the stimulus TARP to TALF to the troubled asset lending facility and the bailout um, mechanisms that the Fed and the Treasury are setting up to provide bailouts and stimulants um, and infrastructure spending and a host of other things, that is the real bank robbery. That The COVID is a smokescreen for that. And I think it all stems from the United States' escalating um, never being a uh, deficit and ever increasing debt. And so uh, in the first part, uh, the first four months before COVID hit, that deficit was projected to be uh, somewhere uh, around almost uh, $400 billion. It was up 20%, roughly 20% from the same time last year in January of 2020. 19, the country had a $9 billion surplus in January uh, uh, 2020. Uh, they were running, uh, I want to say, almost a $30 billion, maybe even more of $30 billion uh, deficit. And what I believe is, is that the treasury market was simply, they were just simply unable to pretend that people were coming to the treasury market and buying billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of of 
you know, treasury bills, notes. Um, and so that didn't take them by surprise. And they have been, there's been massive evidence of the, of, of the Fed doing straw purchases through the Cayman Islands. In 2014, uh, Belgium very famously bought 100, supposedly bought $140 billion. Little old Belgium bought 141, I think it was $141 billion worth of treasuries in a three month period, causing former uh, Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, Paul Craig Roberts, former Wall Street Journal uh, editor, Paul Craig Roberts, to, uh, you know, pin a polemic, uh, you know, essentially saying to the Fed, who do you think you're fooling? Uh, you know, we, we know you're buying these, these, these treasury bills and, and kind of monetizing the country's debt. For those that have never heard the term monetize, it's, it's essentially when, you, when you're just, when the, your central bank is just printing money, creating the money out of thin air, buying the treasuries, but when the bank is creating money out of thin air to do that, that is inflationary, and that is stealing the purchasing power from other holders of U.S. dollars. So the more dollars that are in circulation, the these U.S. dollars begin to bid up prices, and so now there's a kind of competition for a fixed amount of commodities or assets, and prices begin to rise, and so it's a way of stealing from the population that very few people really understand because they're stealing the value out of the money in a way that is not kind of visible, but is well acknowledged in economics. It's known as helicopter money. It's known as, uh, you know, it's, it's always inflationary. And so they're robbing the population. And so what I suspect is, is that they were no longer the, the little piggy bank and the Islands was full. They're no, they were really no longer able to get away from doing these straw purchases. And in, starting in December and in January, the Fed, which is forbidden by law, prohibited by law from buying the treasury bills and notes at the auctions. And for those that are familiar with how the Fed and the government raise money, there are 24 primary dealers on Wall Street. This is Goldman Sachs, this is Citigroup, this is JP Morgan, the usual suspects, Barclays, including foreign banks and foreign institutions. And they have an electronic auction process. And based on how many people are, are bidding for treasury bills notes, that determines what the yield is. And, um, and so what the Fed has been telling people is that the, the people that are investing in U.S. Treasury debt, which, by the way, uh, I don't know why anybody would loan the U.S. government a nickel. Um, you know, you've got a twenty trillion dollar debt. You've got somewhere between um, uh, seventy-five and two hundred plus trillion dollars in unfunded liabilities. And the average Treasury uh, bill or note of any duration is paying less, definitely less than, uh, uh, you know, uh, one and a half percent. So it's not even covering the rate of inflation. So why would anybody want to lock up uh, their money for 20 or 30 years in an investment that's paying less than the rate of inflation uh, um, in a government that's run by obvious organized crime, mafia, casino, money laundering, casino? And so this is, this is, this, this was just not believable. And so starting in December, 
um, the Fed, which admitted by law for buying these treasuries uh, uh, at the auction, began buying treasuries a day or two later from the primary dealers. And so that happened in December, and it was caught by Chris Mortensen at Zero Hedge and other financial commentators. They had to do it again in January. They did it again in February. They probably did it again in March. I, hadn't, I haven't checked since, since you know, uh, specifically in March. Uh, you can see the QCIP numbers, the security registration numbers uh, that the Fed is buying. And so this is easily verifiable by anybody that wants to go and check. And so what I believe is, is the Fed is got to the point of where this, in, and you know, when I say the Fed, I mean the Fed Treasury and the Wall Street primary dealers and the, the organized crime interests behind government and uh, fractional reserve banking and handing trillions of dollars to their friends on Wall Street in bailout and stimuluses. I think they knew this. I think they, uh, they anticipated it. And I think that COVID was the engineered reason why the Fed get the rules and openly engage in emergency measures that they did not see was coming to implement the second wave of TARP and TALF and bailouts. And that's what they're doing. And now BlackRock Capital is about to hand, is about to, uh, uh, um, so uh, Steve Munition, Treasury Secretary, ex Goldman Sachs, ex Skull and Bones, is now Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, he's now handing them the ability these what they call special purpose vehicles uh, and that are going to administer the bailouts and earn ease on the trades and earn um, fees on administrating the special purpose accounts. So this is a bank robbery. Uh, the main thing that's going on here is the Fed now going to hand out trillions of dollars of bailout candy to their friends and, and aid and allies in corporate America. They're going to buy commercial paper. They're going to buy corporate paper. They're going to uh, buy uh, mortgage-backed securities. They're going to buy, you know, all of these toxic assets that the banks don't want. They're going to take them off of the the bank's uh, uh, um, uh, books. They're going to stick the bill to the taxpayer and the whole of U.S. dollars um, and U.S. Treasury securities and U.S. investments. Um, it's going to be inflationary, and they're stealing the value out of your money the exact same way as if they just stuck their hand in your pocket and stole it. They're just doing it in this kind of sneaky, aroundabout way that most people don't understand. Very good. So for those that hadn't seen the first interview that you did with me, can you just say, because I know your background was in that world, you were there on Wall Street. Can you just say, because there's, you, you have a lot of credibility, you have a, a lot of experience in this to start out with. Yeah, so I used to work on Wall Street. I worked on the technology side of works for market data, training floor technology. But I worked with traders. I've been on, you know, every trading floor, probably like not everyone, but almost every trading floor on the East Coast, the structure of the markets, I understand the way that, you know, the government raises money. I worked at one of the big four think tanks in D.C. I ran a national third party political campaign in my youth. Uh, I uh, am in a CEO networking group outside of Washington, D.C. That's the largest CEO networking group in the Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia area. And so I've gotten a chance to see uh, government 
um, up close and personal. And um, I, you know, as far as I can tell, and, and as I believe I make the case in my book, is that this is intergenerational organized crime using the tech of government, forcing people into mandatory government schools, controlling the information they receive and scouting and JROTC and ROTC to create order followers uh, that will that will either go abroad and murder people uh, or enforce the edicts of this organized crime to friends and their neighbors as police officers or sheriff's deputies or whatever it is um, in a system that is tax farming the population. And so if you take a look at what we're paying right now and overt taxes, covert taxes and inflation, and when I say overt taxes, I mean, 10, you know, in the United States, it's the 1040, it's the federal income tax sales taxes, and then there's the covert taxes, which is every time you fill up your car with gas, every time you pay your telephone bill, every time you pay your cellular, your uh, cable TV bill, every time you pay your, uh, your um, uh, uh, buy, a, buy a bottle of beer or uh, buy a glass of wine or a bottle of wine, you're paying excise taxes. Every time you buy an airline ticket, I bought an airline ticket to London a couple of years ago. The ticket was $400, the tax $800. The whole ticket was $1,200, and $800 of that was taxes, airport fees, and things like that. And the government is not legitimate. And I think more and more people are realizing that since the beginning, and I think that's one of the reasons why they've gone with this lockdown, why they're taking away even more of people's civil liberties and really, you know, flexing martial law as the population is rapidly uh, beginning to wake up to the scam of government and the illegality and the criminality of what's going on in Washington, D.C. Very good. Uh, it, I'd love to get your take on this, that since these events have hit, you know, people have been comparing it to 9-11, which has been basically proven to be a PSYOP. Uh, certainly, there's many people in the world who know that. And, you know, it, it took some time. It took months and years for people to really pull the pieces apart and finally come to all those conclusions. And with this event, you know, it, was, it seemed like it was literally a matter of uh, seven to 10 days, maybe two weeks. And all of a sudden, there were people pulling it apart and doing that same job that took them two years to do or more last time. What was it like for you when you, you know, when the whole thing hit, when martial law started to come in or the state of emergency was declared, what was it like for you as somebody who's already been running hard on these subjects? I know you work incredibly hard and you, you put, not only wrote your book, but you put it out there and you give talks and you're, you're constantly on the go from what I've seen so far. Mm. How did it shift for you once COVID came along? Uh, I knew it was a scam immediately. Mm -hmm. um, I, the, the only time that I've worn a mask this entire time is when I got out of Guatemala, they were running like checkpoints on the road mm -hmm. and you could only have so many people in the car and every, the driver had to have a mask and every passenger had to have a mask and everything. And so I briefly wore a mask to get through uh, the border at Guatemala I briefly wore a mask when I went into the uh, into the uh, Santa Clara Valley Hospital to check on that because they made me, you know, put it on to like go into the next phase of the testing. And other than that, um, I haven't believed it for a second. I've re I recognized it as a hoax. I recognized all the players that were involved almost immediately. Um, I've not been in fear at, in in absolutely zero fear of 
of this at all. I absolutely positively realized it was a hoax within, you know, a couple of days of, of you know, beginning to get, you know, this, these media reports. And if you take a look at 9-11, you know, the, the thesis of my book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, the subtitle is how intergenerational organized crime runs the government and the media. And that is really, I mean, if you think about what's going on, that is it. This is a government and a media hoax and organized crime is running, has got their little, you know, puppets in the government and they've got their little puppets in the media. And the media has been perpetrating this hoax on the American people. That's why if you say, why do, why does everybody think, why is everybody wearing masks? Why is everybody doing this? Is because the media has, there's a pandemic when there's obviously no pandemic. Um, the uh, so if you take a look, so I, like as I mentioned, I've been calling friends of mine that are emergency room doctors, that are paramedics, that are you know uh, that are people that have relationships with the hospitals, and I have not been able to find firsthand accounts of pandemic conditions anywhere. Now the only pandemic conditions that I've seen on television have been Elmhurst Hospital in Brooklyn where the yes. New York Times, the exact same New York Times that sold everybody weapons of mass destruction and, and aluminum tubes in Niger and you know all of the BS that led us into the first Gulf War, okay? The New York Times uh, is, uh, is probably the lead uh, propaganda element in, the, in, in this. And it, I've got a new article out called Plandemic that, that exposes the whole thing that you can get at government-scam.com slash pandemic, plan, sorry, plandemic, P-L-A-N-D-E-M-I-C, plandemic. And uh, there was uh, an October 3rd meeting between most of the people that were, that are making money off of this. So BlackRock Capital, uh, Ackman from Pershing Capital Management, who supposedly, uh, you know, supposedly, um, uh, made $2.6 billion correctly hedging the economic collapse of COVID before the time with, with uh, 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 and whose portfolio is ideally positioned for someone that knew that, uh, that they were going to be shutting independent restaurants, independent coffee houses, and independent hotels. And so, uh, so this is just, these are people engaged in disaster capitalism. And I've got a picture in there, and around the table is the CEO of the New York Times, who used to be the head of the BBC in the UK. And so we've got the uh, we've got the people that are making billions and billions and billions of a number one propaganda pandemic uh, or pandemic conditions in hospitals. And so the New York Times report that I'm doing, that I'm referring to, was both a front page story and a video short where a female doctor, supposedly at Elmhurst in Brooklyn, is breathless, Beth. She's breathless because they don't have ventilators. She doesn't have ventilators and there's people dying and everything. And literally, within, I don't know, it had to be a couple of hours by the time they released that video, the scene of the hospital. Uh, evidently called and said, uh, no, we were never without ventilators. And the New York Times had to superimpose some verbiage across the screen saying that the CEO of the hospital said that they were never ever out of any ventilators. 
And so in addition to that, people have called the hospital looking for that doctor and that doctor doesn't exist and others have broken down her background and she's a doctor that specializes in medical simulation. So she doesn't work at the hospital, she specializes in medical simulation and she's stating lies that get retracted within hours of the video being published saying that she didn't have any ventilators. The only other uh, photos or, uh, that I've seen of pandemic conditions has been CNews recycling footage and getting caught using footage from Italy and having to do a mea culpa and pull that, but trying to pass off emergency, you know, like pandemic conditions in Italy as being an American hospital. The other things I've seen that would, you know, the, so the other like little media hoaxes is uh, there is a uh, little uh, short video going around of people loading bodies into a truck in front of some hospital in New York and it wasn't, you know, which hospital was marked, but I found it incredibly interesting that they're doing it actually in front of the hospital. They're loading the bodies in front of the hospital. So I guess we're expected to believe that this hospital in New York City is the only hospital in the United States that doesn't have a loading dock. It's unbelievable what people will fall for. And then there's another, you know, another photo that I saw of their somebody dumping a body bag into a, you know, $5,000 plus full on, you know, coffin. Um, and I don't know if it's outside of a hospital or what, but like a cot, like a dress coffin, like a fancy coffin mm -hmm. before they're even been embalmed before they're, it's, these are like, it's cartoonish. So it's the, the propaganda is so cartoonish that they had to put a, a coffin just because most people, you know, that's what they think a coffin looks like. And so I guess the body bag wasn't, you know, enough. So like, we'll, we'll just dump, we'll just dumb down the propaganda as low as we can get it. And we'll show people loading it into the coffin from the hospital. This is, this is just base level propaganda. And so other than that, I have not spoken with anyone that is reporting pandemic conditions. So if, if anybody's watching and you have literal pandemic conditions going on in your hospital and you can provide somebody who is going to be not your cousin, not your cousin's friend that works at the hospital. If you can have somebody that's got pandemic pandemic conditions at their hospital, uh, you owe slavery at protonmail.com is my email address. I'd like to talk to them because the doctors and the paramedics that I've talked to, the hospitals that I've been to personally, they're including in the heart and the epicenter of California COVID, there ain't, there's nothing resembling a pandemic going on in any place I've talked to, anybody that I've talked to or any place that I've been. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious, you know, that the, it, the truth movement has done a, uh, a major shift now. It was going strong by all of my estimates. You could see numbers were going up, that speakers were becoming more popular. When this hit, I feel mm -hmm. like I saw a 10x of that. You know, the person that's getting 10,000 views is now getting 100,000 views. And the, the public hmm. seems to be tuning in more than ever. Um, I've been hearing stuff about, you know, I, I posted one article from Grant Romans, who you probably know, who, who did a good job of detailing through all of the events that actually hmm. led up to the pandemic, if I use your word. It's been shared hmm. 275 times, right? Like the, it, people, people are 
waking up. Um, apparently, they, they can't delete the hate mail or the hate comments off of uh, Bill Gates' Instagram fast enough that they're mm -hmm. they're just rolling in. You know, is it is it just me or are people finally waking up in some kind of critical mass? Uh, I. I, so it's been a mixed bag for me. I see a lot of people that are waking up and I see a lot of people that are just falling for it, like hook, line and sinker. And, but the people that I see, you know, I talked to um, one of my ex CEOs yesterday and we were kicking it around and he wasn't fooled for a second. And, you know, and, and so I think that there's, there's a lot of people that, that um, see right through it. And also um, as fast as they're deleting the comments off Instagram and they're trying to delete, you know, people off of Facebook and people off of Twitter and shadow ban people on Twitter and censor algorithmically on Google and censor algorithmically on Facebook. There's so much truth material coming out and nobody and everybody's got nothing to do but you know the the people that have an interest in the news and current events they've got a they've got an amount of time that is you know available to them that they've never really had before to look into this and they're incented to look into this because now the, their livelihoods their businesses their families are being threatened and so i think we're in the we're, we're in a giant giant awakening right now where more and more people are figuring it up the hits to my website government-scam.com are, are at essentially all-time highs this week and i haven't even been you know publishing any 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 content so it's it's getting it's getting you know it's it's obviously uh uh you know people are are, are finding out what's going on and so i have nothing but real good optimism for uh for um uh, ultimately exposing this. The only thing I'm worried about is uh, because organized crime has um, has hoard out the economy and debased the dollar, I'm worried about, uh, you know, a potential uh, currency collapse or a potential um, uh, dollar devaluation uh, in the interim, which I believe could be, uh, you know, the plan altogether. And so, if you if the if the posse, if the posse is saddling up to go after the people that that rob the bank, and everybody's starting to go, hey, it's those guys, it's the government, it's the media, it's the it's it's these elements on Wall Street, it's Bill Gates, it's Ackman, it's BlackRock Capital, it's Steve Mnuchin, and they're beginning to say, hey, it's you know those are the guys. Uh, do you want the posse? to be safe and secure and well capitalized, or do you want the posse dead broke living in a militarized police state? And so this may be a gambit to, uh, this may be a gambit on their part to knock all the chess pieces off the board, uh, just as uh, the people are figuring out who's been robbing them using government, gubernari mente, and uh, the tarp, the TALF, and these bailouts, which is stealing the value out of the dollars they earn and save. And so um, I'm very optimistic that people are waking up and, and finally understanding, you know, how they're being tax farmed and how they've been enslaved. I'm worried that it may come that the, that the, the organized crime interests that have done it to them may knock all the pieces off the table and we may have some tough times to go through. Uh, so it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, um, but I do see people waking up amazingly. Mm -hmm. That's great. And what would you want to see happen if you could wave a magic wand and just have it? What would you 
what, how would you want people to respond? What action would you want them to be taking right now? What does it look like on the other side? How, how does that transition look from, because, you know, it, apparently, if, if it's true, right now, the CDC is reported to be dumping the contagion model, right? That's, that's okay. right. And that would actually put an end to all of it because the whole entire, if it's a hoax or whatever, it's based on this contagion model and certainly the mm -hmm. lockdowns and all of that is. So, you know, I think people, especially that have already woke up and have some awareness and know that things aren't right, they're desperately looking for some direction right now to, you know, what does it look like? What, what, what do they do? How do they, how do they move forward? And, and how do you want it to look? How, how, how do you think it could, it could fall out in a way that wasn't, you know, erupting in violence or, or whatever uh, imagination people might be holding right now? I, what I want people to do is resist this. And so, I, you know, I've been, uh, like I said, I've been hanging out with uh, David Rodriguez here in Silicon Valley, and we've been going out to eat. Awesome. And every place we every place we go to eat, uh, we try and talk the proprietor into letting us sit down and eat like human beings instead of like, you know, take out, take away food. And mm -hmm. and some, some of them do it. We've had some of them do it. Some of them won't do it. If they won't do it, we'll go find a table outside and we'll eat next to each other. And it's just peaceful civil disobedience. Uh, David and I were on a, a, a Zoom call with, uh, you know, uh, activists and community leaders from many, many, many different states the other day. And now we're, uh, we're talking about Freedom Friday. So May 1st. Uh, talking about reopening stores, so, so re civil disobedience, encouraging the stores and the restaurants near you to in mass violate these tyrannical orders, um, open up, uh, serve people, and you know their own customers supported by the truth and the liberty community saying, hey, we want, we don't want to be, we're not going along with this lockdown anymore. We don't believe in this virus. We don't believe what you're telling us. Uh, we're reopening the stores, and so we're making it so I've got a flyer that anybody can copy. Uh, I'll put it at the top of uh, the Plandemic article uh, right after we, uh, you know, shortly. Uh, but you can print out that flyer, you can distribute it in your own communities. It has a breakdown of, you know, who's behind this. Uh, it's just it's one page front and back. It explains who's behind it, explains the, the scam of how they're doing it. And it encourages people, hashtag pound sign Freedom Friday, uh, talk to the local businesses in your area and say, hey, we, you know, we're, if you reopen on Friday and get your customers to reopen, we'll, I'll bring my friends and we'll patronize you. And I think the number one thing we can do is reopen the economy. Um, the second thing we can do is I think that we need to get people as food secure as humanly possible because this is this this scam and bank robbery has put so many people out of work and has you know has, has hurt so many people but the other thing I'm doing on Freedom Friday is I don't know where I'm going to be yet but wherever I am I'm going to find a community garden project and I'm going to begin working on community gardens to get as many people food secure as we can. When I was in Guatemala, uh, I partnered with a local uh, uh, a charity that's on the ground there, Abundant Global uh, Actions, and we created a food bank, a little mini food bank. We, took, we bought storable bulk foods. 
We tried to get the, uh, ourselves and our friends that are in Guatemala food secure in case of a worst case situation. And then we took a certain amount of that food and we planted it and we began creating community gardens in Guatemala. And so I want to do the exact same thing here um, and encourage everybody to, you know, even if you don't need food, if you could, if everybody could go out and just, you know, contribute to, uh, you know, a community garden, if you can support your local food bank, uh, they need cash more than they need kind of canned goods, but they need kind of like both. But let's get our communities as food secure as, as humanly possible. And then the final thing that you can do is you can expose this with the flyers uh, by sending people a PDF copy of uh, government, the biggest scam in history exposed, sending people copies of the pandemic article at government-scam slash pandemic. Um, and the more people that we can wake up, um, the more people I think that, that are going to be able, to, the better chance we have to, to resist this, uh, you know, this government tyranny. And even if you don't wanna do something you know, outspoken like I'm doing and speak publicly against this if you're worried. It's just, it's little things that you can do. Every interaction with an Uber driver, every time you go into a store, I make some comment about, you know, the organized crime government or, you know, uh, uh, you know who's behind this, this, this scamdemic or, you know, we don't believe in COVID. And so, um, you know, start friends and your neighbors, they can take off the mask. Uh, it's not what you're being told, and then give them, you know, try and try and introduce them to the growing voices of the alternative media. Mm -hmm. And those growing voices, that's that's who you're going to be. I like the Corbett report um, is probably, I think, doing some of the best uh, reporting. He, uh, James Corbett just released uh, something on all of the knowledge of the foreknowledge, the evidence of foreknowledge within the government on Wall Street within the, the uh, you know, within the Chinese government. And so I highly encourage everybody to take a look at uh, the uh, ask questions for Corbett uh, knowledge, for, for knowledge of COVID. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting people off of the, the uh, bought and paid for lamestream media that has been caught lying to them, propagandizing them. We're moving them to the authentic voices of the growing alternative media. We're throwing sand in the gear every time we can. We're getting our friends and our neighbors food secure, um, and uh, we're exposing this to everybody that we can. You've really got to be a student of what's going on uh, to, to understand it. Um, you can download, for another week or so, you can download my book for free at government-scam.com. I'd appreciate it if you buy it. If you buy it, it supports the work that I'm doing, and, and, uh, but, but, but if you can't afford it because you're out of work, for the next week or so, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll have a free copy. Then there will be a preview copy after that. Uh, but uh, get yourself smart. Uh, shift 5% of your attention from Netflix and, and passive entertainment to active learning. Um, figure out, uh, you know, who's behind this. Uh, and then wake up your friends and neighbors. Um, I, I recommend, we, I call it five. Um, wake up five friends. Get together with them at least five times a year. Shift five percent of your time from from uh, from passive entertainment to active learning. Um, donate five percent of your time or treasure to charities. Voluntarily solve the problems in your community, whether it's food security or, or whatever. And those are those are the things that anybody can do. They're very very easy. 
Um, and if everybody just did a little, many hands make light work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. That was exactly my question for those King heroes in the making that uh, maybe they already see the truth. They've been um, convinced, so to speak, no one's trying to convince them exactly. Good luck trying to do that. And they want to get out there and they want to speak their truth and uh, see you as a role model. Is there anything in addition that you would say to them by way of encouragement or advice? Yeah, I mean, so we're going to find out who the leaders are. And so, I mean, we're under attack. This is economic warfare against our friends and neighbors. They're putting our friends and neighbors' businesses out of business mm -hmm. with a fake pandemic. Uh, I mentioned um, uh, Ackman. Uh, I forget if it's Bill or Peter Ackman, uh, Pershing Capital Management. You know, his his business, so if you take, this is the, the gentleman that claimed that he made 26 uh, billion dollars by hedging uh, his funds portfolio uh, before the economic collapse kit. If you take a look at the companies that he's invested in, he didn't just make 2.6 billion in a hedge. His portfolio was ideally set up as if he knew there was going to be a mass closure of independent hotels, coffee shops, and restaurants. So he's invested in Hilton Hotels, Chipotle, Starbucks, and Restaurant Brands International, which owns Tim Hortons, Burger King, and Popeyes. So we're gonna, we're gonna wait, we're gonna, it's called disaster capitalism. We know the disaster is coming because we're making it. And we're going to position our investments benefit from the, the forced closure, the forced closure of independent coffee shops, restaurants, and hotels. And so, so this is economic warfare being waged against the population. And in any kind of tribe, there are two kinds of people. They're the warriors that when the tribe is attacked, go out and defend the tribe. And then there's the folks that don't. And so in this time, if you're sitting in front of the television watching Netflix or you're, you know, wasting your time uh, in some other way um, while, you're, while your friends and your neighbors are having their livelihoods stolen from them, then you probably went to a government school. And it's that, it's, 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 it's that bad. It's, so it's really going to be, you're going to find out who among your friends and neighbors are there to defend the tribe and who are going to be wasting their time with frivolous, mindless entertainment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. So a last question, just about you personally, right now in, in your position, do you feel um, more energy now than you did before? Do you feel more hopeful than you did before? What's, your, what's happening inside you on a spiritual level right now? Um, I feel I feel good and I feel strong. I feel like um, I feel like I'm not doing enough, and I want to do more. And mm -hmm. so, uh, um, I, like I, I've been having trouble with my laptop, and I, I had to get it. Like I, I lost my laptop, so I got a Mexican black laptop that I bought in Mexico, and the keyboard is wrong, and it's it's got a memory issue, and it's 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 driving me crazy that I can't that I'm not I haven't been as productive the past month as I usually am, 
And so I'm about to get my laptop back and be able to tink, uh, uh, tickle the ivories again uh, at the same rate that I am. And so I've been just kind of like chomping at the bit to be able to do more. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, but that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's how can I get this message out? And so this is actually the first the real interview I've got, I've, I've done. And so now I'm about to do a lot more media to try and communicate what, what I've been able to research and what I've been able to find to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. Excellent. That's great. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave with us as uh, a message to get out? Uh, no, I think one of the strongest things, I think, I think the last thing that I would say is like one of the strongest things that I've seen happening is I've seen people, uh, normal people, one of my board members, um, uh, the, the one from Grant, the, the article from Grant that you mentioned. So, so normal people that aren't in the alternative media are, are doing their own research. They're taking the best that they find from, from myself and others and that, that are, you know, the, the James Corbett's of the world. They're putting together summaries and they're sending them to their friends and family and saying, hey, this is important. I don't usually do this. I'm, you know, I like this, but this is so important that I've decided to, you know, put what I, you know, the frivolity and Netflix on hold and research this and put together, you know, my findings. And then they're sending them out to their friends and their family. And I've never seen that as much as I see it right now. And I think that that's probably one of the strongest things that people can do is communicate to their entire, you know, their entire email list, their entire mailing list. I don't believe this. This is, does not add up. Look at the evidence of foreknowledge. Look at the evidence that this uh, that this pandemic is being hyped up. Look at the evidence that the, some of these videos have been cooked and doctored by the New York Times to make it appear like there's a pandemic. And so that 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 personal research and that personal communication to your friends and your family and your neighbors, that is what is going to uh, turn the tide, I believe. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, I'm honored that uh, you came and spoke with me today. I'm, I'm personally feeling really good about getting your message out there in a bigger way. I know you've done so much work and you're doing a lot of work now and probably will do a lot more work. So thanks to you and all the King heroes out there that are taking responsibility for something that shouldn't be their responsibility, but they've decided that they're going to be a powerful voice for the people. And uh, everyone has something of that in them to contribute as well. You're all, everybody is a leader to somebody. And uh, look and see who's, who's watching, who is uh, open, who is wanting to make a shift, but doesn't exactly know how to do it. You can be there for them and point them towards resources that are reliable. Uh, if you would like to follow up with ATN to uh, purchase his book or to download a free copy that he says is available for the next week or so, um, can you repeat your, it's government-scam.com, is that correct? That's your website? Government-scam.com to yeah. see the expose that I've done on the pandemic. It's government-scam.com slash pandemic. And that's pandemic, not pandemic. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know I've been slipping that in there too. <laughs> yes. Thanks for those of you who take the time, who are spending your calories on something other than Netflix. Uh, bravo to you.
Yeah, it takes energy. It takes time. You might lose sleep over it. It might make you miserable for a moment. But honestly, when you're finished crying on the floor, get up and take action because that gives you power, gives you energy. This is not time to lay down and die. You be, there were, are going to be people who are going to come out of this way stronger because the old adage remains when people attack you uh, and you don't die, you come out of it more powerful than ever. Please do check in with my work as well. My book is out there. I feel like it's more relevant than ever to walk people through their purpose, just like Etienne is right now following his, I'll say, God-given purpose and having impact on people. That is also something you are called to in your own way. So I'd invite you to visit my website, bethmartins.com, pick up a copy of my book. There's lots of opportunities for coaching programs. There is now my inspiration for this time was to create a certification program. I've been sitting on my methodology for the last 15 years and uh, you know, a little bit worried about just putting it out there and becoming the certification body. But now I figure like, honestly, if the psychopaths can do this to us, I can put this work out. So that's what I'm doing. Definitely knock on my door if you're interested to take part. It starts on the same day, the, the May 1st that, uh, you were saying Etienne is time to get out and start being in business. So that's right in alignment. And uh, just, you know, if you've got questions for myself or Etienne, I'm going to post all the links below to that article and his website and the book and my book as well. And uh, just dialogue. Let us know what's happening in you. Ask your questions. If you're respectful, I've, I've been engaging with all kinds of people. If, if, as long as they're not attacking me and taking me down, calling me names, then I'm happy to have a conversation with you online or you know even on a call so Etienne, thank you so much for taking the time i have really a lot of admiration for the courage that you exhibit yeah i gotta throw it back at you i mean i uh admiration for what you do i mean this is exactly you're protecting the tribe you're you're putting this out there you're doing the you're doing the king's hero work yourself and so thank you for what you do too mm, thanks make me cry now all right, everybody, stay strong. Bye for now.
Sit down, sit down, sit down. 